If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Interesting story of a woman in a difficult situation. Heavenly Father, I pray for your presence. I pray for your voice to be heard. We are your people. We thank you that you are our good shepherd. We would hear your voice and follow and help other people hear your voice and follow as well. I pray that you would do a supernatural work through this supernatural book and your Holy Spirit at work. Through Christ I pray. Amen. Mark chapter 5 records a story that's told in other gospel narratives as well. We pick it up in verse 25 where it says, Now a woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years had endured much under many doctors. She'd spent everything that she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Having heard about Jesus, having heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothing. For she said, if I just touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Instantly, her flow of blood ceased and she sensed in her body that she was healed of her affliction. If you've ever felt drained of hope, I want you to remember this woman. If you're feeling like you are needing some hopefulness, this is a great story of relentless hope. Now, usually when I think of the story or even tell this story, I focus on the after um, miracle events. The story is really interesting. Jesus is hurrying through Capernaum because a very important man has told him that her, his daughter is dying. She is on death's door. Jesus, will you come and heal her so she won't die? And so Jesus is hurrying along to get to this very important man's house to do this very important healing. And he's surrounded by a, a rush of crowd when surreptitiously, this woman somehow weaves her way into the crowd and just touches the hem of Jesus' garment. And Jesus stops. And he says those classic words, who touched me? And Jesus' disciples at this point are incredulous. It's kind of like, you know, Tom Brady being tackled by the entire defensive unit of the Buffalo Bills and then getting off the ground saying, who touched me? It's like, we all did, you know, we'll all take a little bit of credit for it. And the disciples are like, Jesus, what do you mean? Who, who, who touched you? You're walking through this crowd. Maybe. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I felt power go from me. Jesus understood that somebody touched him and a miracle had been done. And, and, and part of what's wonderful about this story is that it just shows the kind of healer that Jesus was. No drive-by healer. He wasn't just in it to do, you know, miraculous, showy things. He is a personal savior. He cares for people individually. And so he stopped and he had a conversation with this woman. Now, reading this devotionally last week, however, 
I was struck by something that I hadn't noticed before, and that is how utterly hopeless this woman should have felt, could have felt. Just think, she has a bleeding disease. Now, we know that the life is in the blood. Oxygen passes through the body in the blood. In those days, they still understood the life was in the blood. That's a biblical phrase. But certainly, this woman experienced what happens when you bleed all day long. When you have a constant bleeding disease, it is an exhausting experience. And there's nothing that... Um, uh, um, Oh, I can't think of the football name. The football coach's name said, um, you know, fatigue makes cowards of us all. Nothing can make us more discouraged than being fatigued. But not only was she bleeding, she'd been bleeding for 12 years. 12 years. That's a long time. You know, I mean, think about it. For some people, like a, a presidential administration, four years is a long time. Someone who's been bleeding for 12 years. Imagine her sister probably had a child that could have gone to elementary school and graduated from high school in the time period that this woman has had a bleeding disease. For 12 years, she has been bleeding and she's tired and she's not finding any help. Um, notice as well, spiritually, she has to be worn out. Spiritually, she's been isolated. If you have a bleeding problem, then you are um, rendered ceremonially unclean. You can't go to the temple or to the, uh, to the synagogue. Spiritually, she's been isolated. And financially, she's exhausted as well. Doesn't it kind of break your heart when, it's, when you read there that she, for 12 years, had endured much under many doctors? She spent everything that she had and was not helped at all. On the contrary, she became worse. Can you put yourself in her shoes? She got many doctors, and you imagine each doctor said, oh yeah, we can help you. Oh yeah, we could, we, oh, we've helped people with this before. And they take her money, and she doesn't get help. She's not healed, but they still take her money. After 12 years of this, she is out of cash. She has no more money to spend to find hope in some other physician. She's financially exhausted. On the contrary, she became worse. That's the line that really struck me this past time as I was reading. On the contrary, she became worse. Have you ever felt like that? On the contrary, things just got worse. You tried to find a solution, but on the contrary, things just got worse. You had worked on things getting better, but on the contrary, think they just got worse. You prayed for improvement. You prayed for deliverance. You prayed for an answer, but on the contrary, things just got worse. You prayed that the country would go in a different direction. You know, I, I know with COVID, we thought that last year, man, once we get through 2020, you know, or once we get through the election, then things will settle down. Um, I have a feeling that 
with the tensions in the air as I sense them, and maybe you do as well, on the contrary, they may just get worse. And when things have been tiresome for a long period of time, and it's one thing to have an acute problem and then it's over, but when on the contrary, things just got worse, that's enough to discourage anybody. Leith Anderson had a great line. He said, 25 years ago, people believed answers were forthcoming. Today, few believe that. 25 years ago, people were more optimistic. Today, not so much. In fact, I, read, I remember reading a, um, a uh, research that was done around the turn of the millennium. And they discovered that people who went through the Depression were actually more optimistic, that people during the Depression were actually, according to, I think it was Gallup surveys, were actually more optimistic, were actually more positive than Americans facing the new century. Because I wonder, you know, we've kind of lost our hope. Things just kind of get worse. There's so much to be impressed by this woman because even though things get worse, she is relentlessly hopeful. Why? Because she believes in Jesus. She believes if I can just get to Jesus, so she pursues Jesus, she reaches out to Jesus. She's not entitled. That's the other thing I appreciate about this. She's, she doesn't come to him as though she's entitled to for him to do something, she is entitled for him to give her attention. If I can just get close enough to him, she thought. How about faith? How faith is that? It's the faith of a child, right? Jesus talked about the faith of a child. Um, it's the mustard seed faith, just a little faith. It's mountain moving faith. Jesus said, if you have faith of mustard seed, you can say this mountain move from here to here. It's mountain moving faith. If I can just get close to Jesus, I believe that Jesus is so powerful. I believe that Jesus is so, so good. I believe that Jesus is so gracious. I believe that Jesus is so real that if I can just get near him, it'll be enough. Verse 32, as he was looking around to see who had done this, who had touched her, him, the woman with fear and trembling See the humility, not arrogance, not entitlement, not, you know, today we'd say, oh, she lacked self-esteem. I said, no, she had an appropriate humility with fear and trembling. Knowing what had happened to her came and fell down before him, told him the whole truth. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be healed from your affliction. You know what I love about that part of the story? Jesus turns the camera on her faith. Your faith has saved you. Now, please don't take this verse and turn it into an entire theology by taking it out of context. What saved this woman? Her faith. But we also know she was really saved by the power of Jesus by the grace of Jesus, by the love of Jesus, by the presence of Jesus. She was saved by Jesus. But when Jesus points the cameras, he wants to encourage her and encourage us to have faith.
if we're to look at this healing as though it were a pie, and you were to say, how much of this healing is because of the faith of this woman, it would be like a piece of hair on the pie. I mean, the whole pie is the power of Jesus. The whole pie is the presence of Jesus. The whole pie is the grace of Jesus, the wonder of Jesus. But Jesus says, it's your faith that has saved you. And so he would say to you and to me in our, um, when our faith is waning, it's enough. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus enough to pursue Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus enough to reach out to him? And if you could just touch the hem of his garment, that he'll give you the hope that you need. I love the fact that when Jesus points at this woman, he doesn't just say, I'm really proud of your hope. He, we, I see that, and I always say, here's a woman who was hopeless who found hope in Jesus. Jesus, no, no, your hope is an expression of your faith. Don't lose hope because you have faith in Jesus. If you're losing hope, what you need is not to focus on getting more hope. You need to focus on faith in Jesus, reaching out to Jesus, believe. It's been 12 years since I, that I've been wrestling with this. But Jesus is greater than your problems. It's been 12 years and I have gone to different people for solutions for this. And Jesus is still greater than your hopelessness. It's been 12 years and this thing is beyond my control and I, Jesus is bigger than the thing that is beyond your control. Believe in him, pursue him, reach out to him. And he'll show up. Reach out to him tomorrow morning when you get up and you see the sunrise and you see the one who made the sun loves me. Lord, I just need to reach out to you. Will you give me some hope? Reach out to Christ in scripture. I cannot tell you the number of times that... Um, like every day that, uh, you know, I, I just go to scripture and it's like, wow, that's what I needed to, thank you, Lord. I just need a touch of your, of the hem of your garment. Talk to a Christian friend and say, can you pray with me? I got something to share. I've got a burden. Again, one of the things that God has done in my life over and over again is when I feel like I'm tired I feel like I'm losing hope. In faith, I reach out to Jesus by reaching out to the people that Jesus has put in my life and say, would you pray with me? Would you pray for me? And it's enough. I'm not looking for enough to get me through 10 years or five years, just enough to get me through the next five minutes. Just enough to remind me that Jesus is sufficient. So, what's it mean for you to reach out to Jesus today? Oswald Chambers had a great line that I would uh, wrap us up with. The Lord begins where we would never begin at the point of human destitution. How does Jesus begin with our faith? How does Jesus begin to build our hope? At 
the point of human destitution. Somebody has said, and it's not original with me by any means, um, it's probably one of those things that somebody said like 300 years ago and preachers have been quoting it ever since. But at any rate, um, the, uh, God, you never know that God is all you need until God's all you got. Jesus begins at the point where we realize that God is all we've got. And then we discover he's all we need. If you feel like you're at the point of hopelessness, human destitution, that's where God begins. He goes on, the greatest blessing a man ever gets from God is the realization that if he's going to enter into his kingdom, it must be through the door of destitution. I know that doesn't sound like happy, happy, joy, joy, health and wealth gospel, but it's true. It's what makes for strong, deep people of faith. If you're ever going to enter into his kingdom, it will be through the door of destitution, like this woman, 12 years of bleeding, at wit's end, fatigued, spiritually isolated. Where can I go? I can only go to Jesus, but if I can just get to Jesus. Naturally, he goes on to say, we don't want to begin there. That is why the appeal of Jesus is of no use until we come face to face with realities, with realities of our, of our destitution. And then the only one worth listening to is the Lord. You know the wonderful thing about feeling hopeless? It gets you to the place where you realize the only one worth reaching out to is the Lord. The great thing about suffering and struggling with something for 12 years and being emotionally and physically exhausted, spiritually exhausted, is that you find yourself saying, Lord, if you don't help, I have no place else to go. But I thank you that you are my hope. And you know what happens when we reach out? We receive his power. And he gives us enough to go on and to be strong in him. What did you hear from this woman's example in this story today? How do you hear Jesus calling you to believe, to pursue, to reach out? Maybe more importantly, who do you know that needs somebody to help them come to Jesus? Are you, do you know anybody in your contact list that may be feeling exhausted spiritually and maybe you could just send them a text saying, how can I pray for you today? Lots of times that I send out notes to people, you, other church planters often, and I'll just say, how can I pray for you today? And so often when I do, it's perfect timing. It's like, hey, this is going, this is going on. It's like, and it's like we're reaching out to the hem of Jesus' garment together. And he shows himself to be faithful. What do you need to do with us today? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would accomplish your will in our lives today. God, I thank you that you are filled with hope, that you are our hope. Um, Lord, we 
need to understand what it means for you to allow us to get to this point of destitution like this woman who was bleeding for 12 years. And now she has a story that will be told for as long as time is, as long as Bibles are read, to encourage everybody. And there's a story that you have with each of our lives that you want to write to accomplish more than we could ever ask or imagine. So help us, Lord, as you write this story in our lives for us to continue to reach out to you and to find hope in you and strength in you. And then, more importantly, to share that in a world where it feels like darkness is stronger than light. May we be your light. Through Christ we pray. Amen. So thanks for joining us. I uh, hope you found this encouraging that you'll share this with somebody else. Keep praying and keep uh, asking God's blessing on his work and his ministry here at New Life at this time. Until next time.